Hi, thanks for tuning in to Holy Spirit Feed. I'm Jen Johnson. I'm excited to share what God has been showing me. I'm praying that your spiritual ears and eyes will be open to hear and see what Holy Spirit has for you. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That's Revelation 3, verses 20 through 22. I'm in. I want to hear what the Spirit says. But how do you have ears to hear? Apparently, open the door. Jesus will come in and dine with you. Keep your door open. Your restaurant is open for dine-in. No mask required. No social distance. No space between us. There's a popular song out right now called Communion. It's by Maverick City Music. And one of the lines says, No space between us. You're so easy to trust. I love it. He says, I will come into him and dine with him. Communion is us dining with him. He prepares a table for us. At that table is depth of relationship, nothing hidden, freedom, purpose, healing, approval, all the good stuff, the choice meat, the aged drink, life. Our passage for today is going to be John six fifty three through 60. And Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever." He said this while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. And then verse 60 says, On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Let's go back to verse 53. It says, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. You've probably heard of that show, The Walking Dead. Sometimes I look around at people like at the store, or this can even happen at a church, and I think that person is dead. If you're flowing in the gift of discerning of spirits, you can even sometimes see the spirit of death on them. I want life in me, especially on the days that my body is aching and it's acting like it's halfway to the grave, as they say. (laughs) I love sayings, but that is not a good one. You know, of all people, disciples of Christ, believers, we need to have life in us. The Word of God is alive and active, the Logos Word, but we actually have the Word, capital W, in us. So how much more should we be full of life and life abundant, exuberance, zeal, and much more? 1 Corinthians 11.25 says, In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So we read earlier in John 6, verse 54, I will raise them up on the last day. Communion is not just for the last day, but every day. This verse in 1 Corinthians 11 says, as often as you do this. So that is saying the word often, not as few times a year as you do this. Sometimes people are like, oh yeah, I did communion at Easter service. I'm good. 
No, no, it's a privilege and an honor to do this thing in the natural that speaks to who you are in the spirit. And that's actually who you are. You are a spirit. Our spirit connected and one with Holy Spirit is what leads us. This meal, this communion meal strengthens you at your core so we can be led by the spirit. We have to catch on to this daily. We are not catching what Jesus is throwing daily, moment by moment. He's throwing us wisdom and strengthening us. Holy Spirit is throwing dimes, you know, like basketball passes on the regular, and we're missing it. We're catching what other people or the enemy is throwing us. Thoughts like you're not good enough. That person doesn't like you, that sort of thing. And we're catching those often. So Jesus said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Should we not be remembering him every day? I heard a story of a woman who had a terminal illness, and the doctors did not hold out much hope for her. But she still had hope. She decided to take communion several times a day for a prolonged amount of time. She wound up getting completely healed. Amen. That is something to celebrate. It was her faith that as she took it, her faith was strengthened. When we remember Jesus in any area of our life, specifically health, the bread, the body, it's for our healing. It's our provision for no sickness. That was all covered on the cross. So I'm not saying do this often for repetition's sake, but I am saying do it to remind yourself and others of your healing, their healing. We get reminded often when we go to the doctor of our downfalls, right? Oh, you've got this disease or this sickness or high blood pressure, and that list goes on. Maybe a negative diagnosis, but let's spend much more time doing an act in the natural that prophetically speaks to our now and our future, that we have been, are, and will be healed. Amen. Verse 55 says, my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. And some versions say pure food and pure drink. So have you ever noticed that Satan is always trying to counterfeit what God is doing? That is his MO. Every good and perfect thing comes from above and Satan tries to take it, pervert it, taint it, and pass it off as a new shiny thing when it's really just a fake and it will hurt you in the end. So what are some of the other things that we are eating, maybe instead of communion, that's not real food and not real drink? We literally eat plastic. It's called margarine. (laughs) And what about that yellow liquid stuff we put on our popcorn at the movies? That is like nuclear waste. Ranch dressing. I've heard it has antifreeze in it. I don't know if that's right or not. Monster, Red Bull, diet poop. I mean, diet pop. Phenocaloritic saccharin, we all know that's not good for us, but we eat it anyway. And then we only take communion once a year. Something is off here. I don't even really love that terminology when we say we're taking communion. I prefer to say we receive it, or we revel in it, or we relish and really truly enjoy it. Commune with God. Speaking of real food, think about like the contrast between McDonald's versus a really good farm-to-table restaurant. Like, it just doesn't compare, right? I have a message that I've given in the past called A Place for Holy Spirit. And one of the things that I talk about in there is, what's God's favorite food? And some of you guys might be thinking, oh, I'm sure it's ribs. Well, maybe Father God likes ribs, but Holy Spirit likes coffee and chocolate. And Jesus, it's communion. All right, moving on to verse 56. It says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Where do you want to remain? It's your choice. You can remain in sickness and sin, 
or identify daily with a decision that hopefully you've already made. And if not, you can choose to do that right now to put your faith in Jesus, dying on the cross to remove your sin, receive that free gift of salvation, and make Jesus your Lord and Savior and step into true life. Either way, whether you are a brand new believer or maybe you have been for a long time and you just need a reminder, and it takes 21 days to make a habit. So what if you received communion every day for 21 days and we remained in him and him in us? I am the vine and you are the branch. Abide, remain in me, and I in you. You know, vines are wild and kind of crazy. Their purpose is to wrap themselves around whatever they are connected to and become one with it. Anyone who is in Christ is one in spirit with him. After this message, you aren't going to be able to not receive communion every day. You'll be so convicted of your oneness with him, his body, his blood, your spirit cries out for it. Psalm 23, 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. My hope is to light a fire under you and not just be blasé about this meal, but honor it with our time and preparation and come to the table often because your enemy is watching you and he sees you come to the table. God makes him watch while you feast on health, prosperity, intimacy with the Father. Or if you're not doing this, he's watching you go to the counterfeit and he uses that weakness against you. It's a catch-22. You're not strong enough because you're not going to the table and you're not going to the table because you're not strong because you're eating off dead food. When the father has actually prepared a feast for you that you could be enjoying instead. Come on, has Satan done anything to you that ticked you off enough to make him watch you feast on Jesus? We call this a meal because it's what we're filling up on, not just a snack or something to tide you over. It's the main course of our daily life, his body, his blood. It solidifies, reminds, it refreshes. Let's talk about the definition of communion. The sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. You know, as married couples, you have sex more than once or twice a year. Why would you not have communion more often with the Lord? Sorry if that's too graphic for you. <laughs> I never said this was going to be a G-rated podcast. But the act of marriage is one of the most intimate parts of being a couple. One of the most intimate parts of our relationship with the Lord is communion. We read that verse earlier, Psalm 23. And in the Passion Translation, it actually says, You become my delicious feast. That sounds good, huh? All right, so back to John 6, verse 56 says, Those who eat my body and drink my blood live in me, and I live in them. This doesn't say if you eat my body in spirit or in soul. It just says eat. So let's eat this in the natural and in the spirit. So we read 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-five earlier. Now we're going to drop down to verses 29 and 30 in 1 Corinthians 11. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. So there's more than one way to interpret this scripture, like many other scriptures. But one thing is very clear. People were sick and they were dying because they did not recognize the value of the body. They were not discerning the importance of what Jesus did and what it meant. And because of that, they were weak, sick, and dying. Anyone listening, feeling weak or sick, 
It's time to get to the table and place the value and priority on that which saves. The broken body for you, the blood spilled for you. And now that final verse in John 6, verse 60. This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? So the people listening to this, they're saying, you're telling me I should take time out of my day to receive communion with my family, small group, a sick friend by myself? Yes, he is our daily bread. Some of us are starving and we don't even know it. This prophetic act in the natural of daily communing with God activates your senses to be able to sense what God is doing. God is in the natural, but we don't always see him if we're not looking. Just an example of that, one time I was at a church service, and it was a very small service. There was like 30 people there, it seemed like. And like five or six of the people there had walkers or they were in wheelchairs. And I thought, well, that's strange. This few amount of people here and that many people are in wheelchairs or walkers. Well, I felt like God was saying something, but I didn't quite know what, and I didn't bring it into the natural. I didn't say anything about it. I didn't speak up. I know now that God wanted to heal those people. He wanted us to pray and come into agreement that they could be healed, that they could walk properly without hindrance. So in that night, in that particular instance, I missed it. I wasn't listening. My senses were not keen to hearing what God was saying. But sometimes I catch it and I get it. One time I was at a camp with a group and we were getting food at a buffet and there was a guy that worked there in the kitchen and he was bringing things out to the buffet and I just heard the Lord say, his ears. He has trouble with his ears. So I asked him, I said, do you have trouble with your ears? And he said, yes. And he allowed me and one other youth to pray over him. It was awesome. You know, God wants to enter into the natural through us. The more things we can do in the natural realm to remind ourselves in our sometimes weak bodies of what he did to bring wholeness, the better. So why not bring this into your daily life? God says, do it often. That woman that took communion every day for a long time, and eventually her healing came to fruition. That reminds me of the woman who touched the hem of Jesus' garment, for she said to herself, if I touch his garment, I will be healed. Another time I remember I had a friend who had a knee problem, and it was prolonged. It just kept happening. I said, hey, are you receiving communion every day? And she was like, no, I hadn't even thought about that. I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. You should try that. You know, why aren't we receiving this more often? And maybe not every day, but at least more often. I heard someone say recently that the blood of Jesus is like acid to sin. So think about acid. It eats up and destroys things until they are completely dissolved or at a minimum unrecognizable. You know what? Even your sin has no chance against the blood. I talked earlier about how it takes 21 days to create a habit. So I'd like to challenge you to receive communion every day for 21 days straight. Get a friend or two to join in. I've done this before and you will be amazed at how you see God move. Make sure you keep a journal or just take notes in your phone about the awesome things you see happen in your life and the lives of those around you because you took the time to daily commune with the Lord. Also, as I wrap up, I want to remind you all, if you haven't joined the Holy Spirit Feed Facebook group yet, please hop on Facebook, type in Holy Spirit Feed. You may need to type in Jen Johnson also. We'd love to have you join. Post what might have encouraged you from one of the podcasts or let us know how the communion challenge goes. In closing, I'll leave you with this thought. One of my favorite ways to think about communion is to break the word down into two words. Come union. You are welcoming union with him, unified as one. 
intimacy that nothing else compares to. Every time you do this sacred act of receiving the body and the blood, you are saying to the Father, to Jesus, to Holy Spirit, come.